Hello all and welcome back to another episode of TV and Us, a conversation show about the TV series we just can't stop talking about. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And each season, we focus on a different show, reviewing it episode by episode, and we invite you to watch along with us. Right now, we are reviewing Marvel's Echo, and today we are on episode four, titled Taloa. If you haven't watched it yet, this is your spoiler alert. Please check it out before continuing to listen to the rest of this episode. All right, Sarah, kick us off with an IMDb summary for Echo episode four. Maya finds herself at a crossroads as she faces the shadows of her past and contemplates her future. All right. Vague enough. Vague enough. This seems like lots Mm -hmm. of decisions are made. Shadows of her past. Yeah. Her future. That's a lot of spoilers. Contemplating. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's start off with our episode titles of choice for episode four. What was your choice? Uh, Mine is Full Circle. Ooh, yes. So many, so in so many ways too, both mm-hmm. from a macro level with the ancestors, also with the family, also the kingpin, mm-hmm. lots of dimensions. Yeah, we there. got lots of circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, my episode title of choice is Reunions. Nice. Yep. There are also a lot of reunions that we get to see in this. That's lovely. Indeed. All right. Let's dive into our thoughts about episode four. We are now in episode four out of five. So we've got one more left of this miniseries before the show wraps up. Uh, Curious how you thought that this episode did as far as handling the storytelling, character development, all that goodness. How did this work for you? Yeah, I am uh, just growing increasingly frustrated with each episode because uh, there's good stuff here. I just think that this whole show from like a macro per- perspective is just paced really, really poorly. And they're doing good things, but at the wrong time or in the wrong way. So it doesn't land as well as it should. And so as this episode was going along, I just, I was getting more and more annoyed because it was like, okay, these are things that I've been wanting. You know, we learn more about Henry's backstory and, and, Mm -hmm. and his relationship with Fisk and why he's siding with Maya in her master plan that we still haven't seen any part of. And then like her and, uh, and, and her grandma connecting, like, that's so good. We get to learn like a little bit about the ancestors, but really not a lot uh and so like this is a really emotionally uh rich episode and we get to see Maya connecting in different ways with these different people and she's confronting Fisk and her relationship with him and trying to decide what she's gonna do but I think because the last episode is the next episode (laughs) it's any decision that she makes I think is just going to feel cheap you know like she's leaving Oklahoma in this episode presumably just to like get away from everything but something will pull her back and then she will have to decide is she going to side with Fisk or is she going to rise up and be a superhero and defeat him Um, and I don't know it's just all too quick for me and I feel like this story and even these emotional beats they have come too late and they're you just don't have the time for them to breathe and like sink in and allow for those to really I I don't know do the work that they're supposed to do and you don't get to see the grappling and the wrestling that I think you would want to see in Maya as she has to confront these various things and it's just because there isn't enough time in this show so I am frustrated and I wish that this show was longer so that these themes and these characters and all of these really intricate threads could be better explored because I think these these characters in the story deserve something better than what we got. So that's my long-winded way of saying I am disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> TLDR, we've got a three-word sentence to summarize. Yeah, Sarah's thoughts about this, which... 
Uh, I was disappointed as well, uh, but also not surprised. I think I'm less surprised with a, yeah. each episode that now is being yeah. shared with us. Um, I would summarize my thoughts about this episode with a 2006 song from JoJo. And she sings, Ooh. you know, it's just too little too late. <laughs> there, there's well some done. Good, there's some good things that this episode specifically does we get a little bit of a backstory there's a really great scene um where we are in flashback with kingpin and little maya and it's a fabulous scene it's shot really well there's some really great like visuals of you know kingpin big and imposing with his white suit splattered with blood and she has this tiny girl in her school uniform and you see like the the beginnings of this really toxic relationship forming them but i'm like why is this an episode four <laughs> you know like this is the type of uh context that i think would have helped create much more emotional stakes for this relationship had we seen that maybe earlier so in a way i feel like the show has a lot of the right pieces and there are some good things but it's it's almost like um that exercise that they give you uh, in school when you're t- like taking an IQ test or something like that, where they're like, here is a story of events, but it is out of order and we need you to put it in order. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the show feels like. Like all these missing pieces uh, are, are fitting together in a really weird way and things that I think would have been useful to know earlier are happening later. And then uh, I think it's kind of setting up basically this really confusing uh, focal point for the show. I still am not clear what we're focused on. Are we starting a war? Because mm-hmm. that was teed up yeah, at the beginning. Not and sure. the war has not begun. Is it about this family drama? Well, we started some relational dynamics teeing up this whole tension with Bonnie. And we've like completely abandoned that whole thread. Like she's nowhere to be seen in this episode. So I feel like we just need to rejigger <laughs> some of the sequencing. And maybe it would, it, I still don't think it would have been great, but it would have maybe made a little bit more sense than this is making right now um my theory about the show is also that i think that they do a really good job with like marketing and editing because the previously on segment plays for this episode and i'm like that there's a lot of really good things here like that seems mm-hmm. really exciting and then you get into the episode and you're like oh this this is not good storytelling same thing with the trailer the trailer makes this show look so exciting and thrilling but you get to the actual meat and potatoes and it's not. So my theory is they've got all the right pieces and they know how to construct it together in like a two to three minute highlight reel, but the actual meat and potatoes, it's not great. And I, my theory is that a big part is the sequencing of events. Like we're just flashing back at the wrong times or flashing forward in the wrong times. New information is revealed at the wrong time. So it's just wrong timing for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to your point, uh, in my notes, I wrote down after the episode was over, what are we doing in this show? What is the point? And yeah. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> we have, like you said, we have so many things that this show has teed up for us. And we have one episode left. And there's no way that they're going to be able to resolve all of these things in one episode. I just... and. I I don't know I don't know what we're doing here. Like I I don't know. I think that goes back to something we've talked about before in that this show doesn't know what it is. And so it's just trying to do a little bit of everything and in doing that it ends up being a bit of a mess. And so I I I I'm so frustrated cuz I want this show to be good and it's just not. And that's that's upsetting, you know. I I wanted I wanted the story to be top tier Marvel, which we know that they can do, but somehow this is just kind of like mid tier, kind of okay. And and I think this story deserves better than that. So I'm just I am annoyed, but hopefully this entire episode won't be just me saying that I'm annoyed, <laughs> which is also very valid because. We have our feelings and that was, that's what the pod's for, for us to air all of our grievances about things mm-hmm. that are not working. And uh, this is not working. I do 
think back sometimes to your your theory hypothesis around like Disney just running out of money or not wanting to allocate more money to this show and it getting I think you said it was supposed to be how many episodes and then they cut it down eight and they six. cut it down to five six and they cut yeah, it down six five. to five yeah okay but my Maybe. theory is that they were supposed to be six episodes that were longer too like yeah that makes sense to me because I think like six hour long episodes you could maybe tell this story but five 40 minute episodes like there's no way you can't do that Mm -hmm. okay interesting because I think what's also adds to the frustration but also maybe is um you know a a plus for the, the the show is that there's a lot of good pieces of the puzzle which is is that in of itself like the 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 individual storylines are really fascinating and interesting there's and but there's a lot of them and i think that's it's a different critique of the show than a you know some other piece of storytelling that really like the, the components ingredients we're working with are just flawed like they've got good ingredients here you just need to put them together in the right way you can't put the peanut butter with the celery well actually some people do with the ants and the log but you know like things that are incoherent together can't be put together um so that the whole is not working together but i would i would argue that a lot of these individual storylines are really rooted in some interesting stuff um the family drama, the, ancest- the the ancestral history, tying to the powers, this idea of a fraught, toxic relationship between her uncle and Maya, like individually, all of that's fascinating. Uh, we just somehow have not figured out how to put it, put all the good things together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm so frustrated, because if this was just bad, then you're like, yeah, it's just a bad show. Like, no big deal. You don't. You just don't have to like it because it's not good quality. But you you see these these moments of real quality and real promise here, and like you said, they're just not capitalized on well, and they're put together in such a strange way. And I find myself like, I real what I really want to do is I want to take all of this and I just want to like retool the whole thing and like, okay, if I had to take this many storylines and I had to fit them into five like 40-ish minute episodes how would I do that and that's been a little puzzle that I've been trying to figure out in my brain I won't know how to do it until like the show is over because you don't know how it ends yet but I don't know I think it would just be so interesting to see like what could be cut from this and then what could be added to make this more cohesive, make the story more coherent and make it more satisfying too. Cause I'm just, it's not satisfying because they keep teeing things up and either it's not mentioned again or it's resolved very quickly. And so nothing has the weight that it should. So I'm not invested in the show except for, I like Alakwa Cox and she's doing a great job as Maya. And so I want to keep watching this show to support her. But that's, that is the extent of my investment in this show. And that's a bummer when you have literally one episode left. Yeah. It's like the show has ADD. <laughs> like it can't focus yes. on yeah. one thing. We're like, we just like kind of get sidetracked and captivated by some other things. So we're like, okay, we'll just run down that path now, you know, like, cool exciting and we just totally abandoned the thing that we were just working on (laughs) this whole progression that we were just building towards Mm, goodbye squirrel you know over there we'll go run in that Mm -hmm. direction yeah which is is fine except it doesn't make for a great uh tv show it's kind of hard to follow (laughs) yeah yeah i think there's maybe a version of this that you know would would have the same issues with just teeing up a lot of things, but not fitting together well. But, but if Maya had a more clear objective, I think I would also be less. Mm -hmm. Throughout this episode, I was like, Maya, I don't know what you want to do. Are we trying to take over this empire and start our own criminal empire? Are you looking for like relational reconciliation? Are you wanting to take Kingpin out? Like, 
I, I don't know what her objective is. And I, and I think that's okay if the objective changes. Like we were trying to take Fisk out. We did that. Oops, we realized that actually we have a kind of strange relationship with him with a lot of history. So now my objective has changed, but like, I never knew what your objective was really to begin with. And we never made progress in any direction. So we are just kind of bouncing from to a a lot of different things without a lot of clarity. So she, I think if she had better um, motivations and agency to make progress towards something, and even if that something might shift along the way, that's okay, but at least like there's some at any given point I can clearly articulate what does Maya want, and I don't think I can do that with most of the scenes in this movie. I think there's there's a couple of moments at the beginning where she states very clearly, "I'm looking to start a war with Fisk and take over," and she blows up one of his um, sites. But then after that, she's just kind of like palling around a little bit afterwards, and and I think that's where we kind of lose a little momentum as well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think because the the blowing up of his weapons happens in episode two. And so I think for those two episodes, it's it's pretty clear that she wants to, to take over his empire. But then episode three, we go on the detour in skating rink. And then episode four, we go on a detour with feelings and... We don't know what has happened with the plan. We don't know what her objective is anymore. And again, like, that could be interesting. Like you said, like her wrestling with, like, what do I, what do I do? You know, I, I thought that I killed this dude, but he's alive. There's all this baggage. Now he's offering me what I've said that I wanted, but it requires me to go back to him when that's not who I am anymore. Like, I think if this had been like really rooted in who is Maya and she's trying to figure out who she is, cause she, she can't just be this like trained assassin anymore, but she, she wants to be something else. And, and you're seeing her like grow and change and develop over time. Then that like push and pull would have been really interesting. And, and then her choosing between, uh, like going back to her her roots and her family versus going back to Fisk and the world that she's always known and both contain hurt and both contain risk, but who does she want to become? And then she makes a choice because she has agency. Like that could have been really, really interesting, but instead it's just Maya kind of having random conversations of an emotional nature and <laughs> then she leaves. <laughs> it's like wait That's what did we just IMPD do summary for this episode yes maya has yeah. random conversations <laughs> of emotional natures a, yes. a series a collection of yes. random conversations yeah but that's what this is Brilliant. it is <laughs> but and what's interesting is that each individual conversation is really great that's yes. the fun part that's the confusing yeah. part because that whole conversation she has there's two big ones one is in kind of her childhood home with kingpin the other is in kingpin's hotel room both of those individually are fascinating and there's so much that's like uncovered as far as the inner turmoil that she's experiencing of like like reframing her story and her narrative how she's understood her childhood and and reframing this dynamic that she thought she could trust this person that she can't now but then also, like, there is all that history there. Like, there's so much goodness that gets, like, pulled out from those conversations. But uh, it's out of context. So I think that mm-hmm. there's – it would be a fun little exercise to, one, rewrite this, to your point, the one that you suggested earlier. But even if we just took the same series of shots and clips from the past four mm-hmm. episodes mm-hmm. and just, like, cut them together and – yeah based on the juxtaposition of certain scenes or the sequencing of scenes. Like, I feel like that would be a fun exercise too, to just be like, could we take the same clips and put them together differently? Again, another little puzzle for us to do, you know, like that, that would be a fascinating little just filmmaking exercise around pacing structure, all that goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think like what you were mentioning earlier about those two conversations with Kingpin, I think 
that emotional journey in those two conversations, that's five episodes. Like, obviously, like you fill it with other stuff because you need more than that. But like that core of her coming to realize that her childhood and and these memories of her uncle who was so great and who who helped make her as she is like that has been shattered and then what does she do with the pieces and I feel like the show is trying to do that like she finds out that Kingpin killed her dad so then she tries to shoot him and then in her anger she tries to take over the empire and tries to harm Kingpin but then he then we get derailed again so I don't, again, like, we just need to know what her motivation is. We need to know what the point of this show is. And that alone would help solve many of the problems that we're having. Yep. 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 No, that's so true. A collection of good things does not make a whole good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a Which is crazy. Good thing. Yeah. This yeah. is actually a perfect example of it because it really isn't we're not working with bad raw material. Like the raw material is great. We've just constructed it in a way that's off, which is a shame because actually they've landed a lot of really good things. So, mm-hmm. man, yeah. screenwriting and editing really, really when when other aspects are good, but it's not a full coherent orchestra playing together, uh, it, it gets a little wacky. It's a little funky. <laughs> okay. Uh, any, anything else in this episode that was interesting, insightful, anything that you wanted to mention that really stood out to you? Uh, I have, I have a few questions. Uh, so Kingpin, okay. She aimed a gun at his face, fired, and he's basically fine. Yeah. How is his eye still functioning? I don't know. I'm like, how how did you miss that badly? You're a trained assassin. I get it. He's like your uncle and you're in the heat of the moment and adrenaline is flowing. Your heart is racing. You're feeling all kinds of feels. So like, sure, you can miss, but like, he's he's okay. How? I I don't understand. And I at least like, if this is supposed to be this like, <clears throat> it's really like gritty show why is his eye okay? Like, what is going on here? I at least wanted to see, like, the eye was gone or something. I don't know. Yes. Well, I read a couple Reddit threads that have a theory that Kingpin's got powers. (laughs) And that's why the eye is functioning, because he, like, regenerated or can, like, bounce back so quickly from uh, what should be, like, one should be a fatal injury injury to begin mm-hmm. with, yeah. right? I'm assuming if some, if a bullet's going through your eye, it's going straight through your brain unless there's like some very narrow passageway where it doesn't hit like your your main nerves. But like what should have been a fatal industry an injury that all of a sudden now we are just fully healed from magical powers. It's the Ugh. only it's the only logical yeah. explanation. <laughs> That's true. It's just such a lame cop out, but like, okay. All well, at right. Least fine. Maya should be surprised by it too. She does not seem phased at all when he yeah. reveals his perfectly functioning eye. It's so weird. I was like, because you see him and he starts out with the bandage on his eye, and I was like, ooh, okay, what happened to your eyeball? And then he takes it off, and I was like, wait, wait, what? And he's like blinking and he can see through it and it's like fully open and yeah. Yeah. Like it was more menacing when his eye was covered than when it was not. And that is a problem. Mm -hmm. I think it also would have just been better storytelling because then you see like constantly the like stakes of this relationship's like toxicity and um, just Mm -hmm. it's like physical representation of all the drama that has gone down between them. But now like if he's healing, it's like kind of like just wiping away the effects of what is kind of the ultimate betrayal uh, of this person that was the only person that you could trust that took care of you and raised you that you then shot in the face to kill. Like some, some shit went down, you know? And um, 
I think it makes a lot of the rest of their interactions like more interesting to have that like always kind of there as a reminder of all that's gone down. But no, Kingpin got powers apparently. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's so lame. I don't know. But that's just theories. That's just theories. <laughs> it it makes sense. So I I will accept this. Thank you, Reddit. Uh, yeah. Um, no opening sequence pattern this time, which was interesting. Yeah. 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 I think like, it, I mean, there, in some ways we are now like moving through the generations. So I, I, I'm assuming that the whole kind of story and kind of depiction that Chula shares of uh, Maya's mother's birth is like that continuation of that pattern that we've been seeing but mm-hmm. again like it was such a great framing device and you've already done three of them like let's continue on the pattern and just put that piece that conversation or that moment towards the beginning of the episode I don't know I'm just like you couldn't even stick to that show come on like you you got a good thing going yeah, yeah, I was I was pretty bothered by that because they've they've set it up and we were progressing through time in each of the flashbacks and I was like, okay, what is, who is the next ancestor that we're going to meet, you know? And uh nope. We've ran out of ancestors maybe. And so, here we are. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. And then I guess the the next episode will just be basically Chula and Maya being the mm-hmm. full fulfillment of um, those powers throughout the generations. Yeah. Um, one one other random little thing that irked me was the flashback scene of Kingpin and little Maya, who I think she's maybe like six or seven in in that scene. I call BS that this girl has seen a man covered in blood dead and her first reaction is to go over and kick him like mm, I get we're trying to portray Maya as this, like really tough gritty like yeah. badass which she is when she's been trained to be but I think that like once again a missed opportunity is for Kingpin to showcase or be like teaching Maya in that moment of that toughness mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus, oh, she's always had it in her, this aggression. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know if, like, a six-year-old child's natural reaction to see, like, a human being covered in blood is to, like, go over and do a little kick at him. I call BS. I call BS. And I think there's a better version of that scene that could have been really effective to further the themes that the movie's already captivated or the show is already captivated by. No, that's such a good point because she – there's no way, especially because – she like her her memories of her her family and and her life and how things like used to be and that like goodness and wholesomeness in her is still there like yes she has lost her community yes she has lost her parents but i don't know she's probably still just mm-hmm. a normal kid i i don't think that kingpin would have been able to brainwash her that quickly you know mm-hmm. Ugh, what a bummer and again like narratively it would have been great to see her crying and running away or like being horrified at that. And then Kingpin like taking her and bringing her and being like, no, this is how we handle things. Yeah, and like starting nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been so powerful. Yes. Yes. That would have been perfect. And then it supports the rest of that storyline that we see of her saying like you isolated me like you trained me to be this way like this is not my reality because then you you see that played out in fullness but um yeah once again what I think that that's such a miss in understanding like human nature I just call bs this is not how human beings operate this is not how children operate yeah no that's that's a good call yeah that was a miss all right any other thoughts from episode four before we give out some awards uh yeah something else that i've been a little annoyed by they haven't brought it up much Uh but maya keeps like referring to herself as 
queen pin. And that just really irks me the wrong way. I think that there's a way to do that correctly. Like, I think if the show had started out with her in the position of queen pin, and then the whole show is basically her, like, realizing the truth and then, like, stripping herself of that title to choose something else, like, that would make sense. But I think if you see this man as evil and you hate what he has done to you and your family, why in the world would you be trying to name yourself after him? That makes no sense to me. It's so, it's just wrong. Again, like it is a wrong choice for this character to be doing, I think. I hate it. Yeah, especially because also the queen is uh, like, especially in the game of chess, the king is the most important one. So if you're right, you start as queen pin, you're his second in command, and now you're going to take him over and run the whole show, then you become king pin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think like if the show is gearing up to this, this kind of like battle of these two sides of Maya, and is she going to choose her, her family and her heritage and the ancestors, or is she going to choose Kingpin? And if she ends up choosing a different name for herself, like that's, that's cool. And that's a cool contrast, but the show also hasn't brought up Queen Pin enough to, I think, make that contrast and that naming as effective as it could be if that's where this show is going. And and it's all about her choosing herself and choosing her name and choosing her heritage. So I think it's just a dumb name and it's not used enough to be impactful, which makes it even more dumb. And so I just get annoyed every time she brings it up. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I think it ushers in, like, a larger issue, which is that, like, it's not clear. Does she want in or does she want out? Does she want to take over mm-hmm. or is she does, does she want out of the whole system entirely? Yeah. We don't know. What they should have done is she wants to take over because she's just ambitious and been trained by Kingpin. She's trying to start the war. As she's, as she's fighting him and going after taking over his empire, she realizes that Kingpin – took out her father and it yes. it then brings her back to her family and then yeah. it like you know ushers in all this reflection of like who am I becoming and like do I even want this anymore mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah we just need to do a control f and just find everywhere that queen pin is in the screenplay and just delete that mm-hmm. yes and then yeah. uh flip everything on its head like you said like I I think as I was watching this episode I kept thinking about episode one and it takes us through like 20 years of history really quickly like skimming the surface and I think like you just suggested if this show had started us in the present and introduced us to Maya and Fisk as they are right now in the present and in this war and this really interesting dynamic and then along the way we get to learn about what Fisk did to her dad we get to learn that her mom died and that's why she's in New York like we start in the present and then we fill in those details as we go rather than doing an entire episode of exposition and then kind of meandering through the rest of her life oh yes and then, so we get thrown in at the beginning of the show, and the the war's already like it is full fledged war. Yeah. And yeah. then this makes the moment with Henry even more meaningful because when when Maya then inevitably will find out about the fact that Kingpin took her father, that's also the moment that her and Henry now bond over this because Henry's like, "You got to get out! Like you will lose everything." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that moment with Henry becomes now pivotal for her because it's kind of just a random moment now like Henry's just telling us this and it's like okay cool it like satisfied a little bit of a curiosity that we had from the previous episode but there really isn't that much uh, larger emotional stakes or purpose to that scene other than him again warning her which she already knew which is like hey the system's really messed up and dangerous like watch yourself but she already knew that so she doesn't need to be told that so that that whole scene then kind of get you know the air falls out of the balloon like there's not as much um 
meaning to that moment, which could have been a really big moment for Maya. She's like dealing, she's dealing with all of these feelings about discovering that the person that she trusted betrayed her. Then that scene where Henry comes right alongside her to confirm and validate and say like, yes, this is who he really is. Mm. You've already got a great version. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the first episode, she learns that Fisk killed her dad and then immediately is the scene where she tries to shoot him. And like, I'm like, no, that discovery and that wrestling through your emotions, like that can span a few episodes. Why did that only take like 30 seconds? You know, and I, I think... Maybe what this show is also missing is the fact that wrestling with emotions is actually really interesting to watch in a show, even an action show, even a gritty show. You need to have those emotional moments where a character is wrestling, because if we don't get that, then we don't we're not as invested in the character you know there might be stakes like for them physically but if we don't understand their emotional journey it's harder for us to connect with that character and be invested in the show yeah no I think that's so good that's so good because that is how we really get to know who this person is right like I would argue that for most of the show up until episode four, we're really just seeing Maya do things. Like she takes action to do things or go see this person or try and execute some plan. But we need that like quiet moment of her trying to figure out like how she feels about these things. And then that pushes her into the actions that she takes next. It's the same thing with like people in your life too. You know, it's like really knowing how they're feeling about the things that are happening around them is what really creates that connection with them versus just seeing them, the effects of what they're doing. Um, and and even even the effects of what they're doing in the case of Maya for episodes one and three, one through three, like aren't even directed. So we still kind of don't really know what she wants and what she's doing. Like that doesn't even give us any clues at all. So we're really kind of lost with this character. Like feeling really, really disconnected and therefore not as invested in that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. It's such a shame. Again, like there's so much emotional weight here. And like Maya must be processing through so many emotions and going through so much emotional turmoil. And like, even if she is shut down her emotions, which you would probably have to do if you were trained to be an assassin. Like even that is an interesting journey for her to go on from numb to actually letting those things in and grappling with her past or grappling with whatever. Like that's also interesting. So she doesn't have to be this like touchy feely person going through Mm -hmm. all of this, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't know, just something more than we have. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It this character deserves it, the story deserves it, and Alakwa Cox can do it. Yeah. So I just I don't ah, I'm so annoyed. Okay, anyway. Point yeah. made. Done. <laughs> I have one more annoyance to to air out, which is related yeah. to everything that we've been talking about earlier, but we've mostly been talking about in terms of like what does Maya want? And every great hero needs a great villain. And it is mm-hmm. unclear to me. What King's plan is? Like, what does he want? This person shot you in the face. You are seemingly proposing that they come back. He's willing to, like, give his whole empire over. I know he has a plan, of course. He's the head of a massive criminal empire. I'm sure he's got so much up his sleeve. But, like, I just need a little bit of of insight into what it could be. I don't even want the whole plan because it's probably all going to be revealed in the next episode. But – I'm all, I'm just, he's just kind of floating too for me of like, what are his desires? What are his motivations? Like, what is his emotional journey? And I think then seeing them to play off each other and maybe try and trick each other, outsmart each other, you know, emotionally, you know, manipulate each other in the ways that they can, like that becomes really interesting versus I, I don't know what Kingpin's plan is. No idea. 
it's all going to be revealed in episode five, I'm sure. But like the little slow drip along the way is what makes this like a delicious, fun journey for us to see how we're clued in as a viewer a little bit more than even the characters are with each other. And then that makes it really fun and exciting. So that I am also missing as well with Kingpin's motives. But Jen, he gave her a ball peen <laughs> hammer that he used to kill his father. That's uh, that's not enough for you? <laughs> the grand gesture that reveals his whole plan, his heart? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man. It was just so funny. Like, I was like, okay, all right, Kingpin killed his dad. So what is in that box? Is it going to be his dad's head? Like, what are we, like, this is supposed to be gritty. What are we doing here? That she opens it up and it's a ball peen hammer. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's that's the best we could come up with. It's funny too, because like the the show plays up the, the, the moment where we're like, ooh, yeah. is she going to hit him or not? And like, we know mm-hmm. obviously she's not going to. So like no. there's this really long pause with the music <laughs> swelling. And I'm like, okay, well, she's not gonna hit him. She's gonna put it down. Yeah. And of course she does. And so you're like, Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that. <laughs> saw that coming. Well, and like he confessed to committing a murder with that ball peen hammer. And then you just touch it and get your fingerprints all up on that too. Like <laughs> Are you kidding me? Maybe it wasn't the hammer that he used, but still, like, that is a murder weapon. He's not going to get indicted because he has all the money in the world, but, like, you just touched some evidence. That's not a great idea. Well, I love that it's also, like, in this, like, fine wooden container wrapped in, like, blue, a blue velvet cloth, you know? (laughs) Like, like this is, like, an artifact at the museum that we must protect. He's, He's taken great care of his prized possession that reminds him of his roots yeah his evidence of his murder yeah sure because that's always a smart idea just keep a keepsake when you kill your dad no big deal yeah just to remind that you're tough you're a tough dude you can do (laughs) tough things with a ball peen hammer (laughs) of all hammers to choose it's very silly it's very silly All right, let's give out some awards. The first one is Achievement in Superheroing. Who gets this award and for what moment? Yeah, uh, I would like to give this to the developers who created the technology for that like hologram signing in real time business. That was super cool. And so I think that the people who designed and made that uh, are superheroes. They're basically Tony Stark. So I think they deserve this award. You know, what's so funny is that's my my same award. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) I wrote down the language technology. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty badass. Uh, All right. Achievement in grit. Yeah, I would like to give this to Maya uh, for having a contact forcibly inserted into her eye. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was a lot. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's hard enough to do on yourself. So like props to all <laughs> the, the henchmen that also figured out how to get that to go in the right angle. Right? Like, nope. I don't know. As, as a contact wearer, I cannot imagine uh allowing another person to do I mean I guess she didn't really allow it she didn't really have much choice in that moment but like the idea of somebody holding me down and inserting a contact into my eye like no Mm -mm. I'm not going to sign up for that oh no it also that moment happened so fast I'm like what are they what are they doing they're like Like, why is her eye look like why are they grabbing the top of her skin of her head to make her eye look like that and specifically only one of them yeah i was like okay is she trying to like they're trying to make her twin with kingpin like what's going on here (laughs) what are we doing (laughs) Uh, my choice for this award goes to biscuits for tackling the herculean task of searching a junkyard yes nice it's also just the most random scene (laughs) right but like my one hypothesis is that maybe he plays a role in the next episode where he shows up with like some strapped together truck 
to then save the day or like swoop in at the right moment. I don't know because it's really freaking random. Like he's not in episode three at all. And then there's just one little tiny short scene of him talking to some random dude at sunset to go like find some parts for his truck that we have forgotten about at this point. Like this better string to something on the other side in episode five. Otherwise it's going to make that moment even more comical. Yeah, I did wonder, because the song that they choose to be playing at the moment is Down to the River to Pray, and there's it starts out with like, oh, sisters, let's go down, and so then they're showing all the women in the family, and then it, start, then it switches to, oh, brothers, let's go down, and that's when they show Biscuits, and so um. I was like, is it just because of this song that you wanted to use, and then you just, you needed to show some male characters, oh, we got biscuits. <laughs> I don't know. Your theory is probably correct. He's going to show up in the next episode and be pivotal. But I was just like, wow, is he really only in this episode for this one song? For this one song, for like a storyline that is completely irrelevant. I mean, yeah. his truck we see in episode two and it's destroyed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like, he's, it's just so irrelevant <laughs> that I'm like, you've got I mean, we'll find out in episode five if this is the mountain. But Jen, what if the truck, he finds the parts and it becomes a transformer? Ooh. And then we get a really explosive episode five. <laughs> like he calls up Tony Stark. And he's like, I know that you've made great things with junk before <laughs> in the middle of the cave somewhere. And I don't know where. God knows yeah. where. So... We've got a task, Tony Stark. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's how you get Tony Stark into this part of the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Let's get him in here. He <laughs> can help this. Uh, but Tony Stark is going to ask like, okay, so what's our objective? And none of the characters will know. What is our goal? Oh, that's we true. don't know. That's true. Well, mm-hmm. Biscuit's goal is clear. He needs to fix his grandma's truck. But Tony Stark is probably overqualified for that task. So, indeed, you know, indeed. (laughs) Uh, Okay, next category is achievement in words. Who gets this uh, award and for what line? Yeah, I would like to give this to the random dude at the junkyard for saying everything the light touches is yours. It's so goofy. It is so goofy. Why I loved is that it. The choice. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, it's that quoting from a great movie. So it is. Lion it's a great King, moment for it too. Classic. It sounds like perfectly yes. setting. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, like so I mean, if you're gonna do it, that's the line to quote. So it is. It was perfect. What a great dude. That's a great character. Mm-hmm. Yep random good, good dude vibes. who doesn't have a name good energy good vibes yeah literally the most random person ever like yeah what at least like make it like oh henry knows a guy and henry said no it's literally just biscuits and random man with a sense of humor <laughs> uh my oh, choice for this award is maya when she says mm. to kingpin even these contacts you got them because you didn't care enough to learn how to sign mm-hmm. yeah that was so great I thought that was yeah. really great. And I think it it does bring up just like a, such a fascinating – this is like one of those moments where the show is doing something incredibly insightful and awesome, which is we're like ooh and eyeing at this technology, which is fabulous and will make – I mean just in general, the way that technology can make accessibility so much more abundant for modern society. But it does then usher in this other dimension – to this challenge, which is how many people will dedicate the time and energy investment to learn to truly sign and where will the technology be limited in our ability or fail us in our ability to understand each other. And like, it's such a small little line, but I think it's so such a perfect example of like these really strokes of brilliance that the show has, which is one, it fulfills this emotional stakes that are are being raised in this conversation between her and Kingpin 
So awesome for the character development, awesome for the storyline, but also is then tied so so interconnectedly with this other very interesting implication that we as viewers might not have considered as we're ooing and aahing at the really cool technology to think about the other side of what the effects are of using technology like this. Strokes of brilliance that this show has in such a simple little moment. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that was so good. And what I thought was also interesting uh, is that afterwards, he kind of signs a little bit. And so to me, like I interpreted that as like, oh, he did pick up some stuff along the way and he did learn some things, but he chose not to use it to keep her at a distance and to like create that like emotional rift and the fact that they had to go through another person to communicate. And I I think it's also like a weird like power trip too, because even some of the scenes with an interpreter are, are staged in a really interesting way. So like when we first meet Kingpin and they're having a conversation in the limo, he is in full light and the interpreter is in the dark which I thought was really interesting. So I think like all throughout you're seeing these really interesting power trips from Kingpin. And I think the fact that he didn't learn sign or the fact that he maybe learned a little bit and chose not to use it is yet another like character revealing moment. And that line just, I don't know, encapsulates all of that and like blows all of that up. It's, it's such a good moment, such a good line. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So good. And I think this is something that interesting that the show does as far as like sequencing, which I know we've talked about already, but I'm going to just bring it up again because this this really irked me in that when it, this scene was un- unfolding, which was a fabulous scene uh, with the contact lenses. But like right before that scene, we see the flashback to them in like 2021 where they basically take out the interpreter um, in a, one of the more gritty scenes of the entire show. And then immediately afterwards, we see this scene. And I just think that um, we as viewers are smart enough to have picked up on all of those details along the way, had they included that scene, say, in episode two or or episode three, to realize why it's significant that uh, Kingpin no longer wants to have a go-between. Like, we don't need those two scenes to be literally next to each other for us to get it. And it kind of feels like they did it intentionally to be like, hey, Back in the past, they had a go-between and then Kingpin got rid of it because that was a liability. So now we're in present and they now have a new technology where they don't need go-between. It's like, we don't need them literally side by side together. It's okay. We can remember things, you know? Um, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of moments like that that this show does where I'm like, the juxtaposition like so closely together feels a little bit like, hey, just to make sure that you remember these things are in conversation with each other. And I just think that, you know, the show can trust us a little bit more that we can follow. We can remember things. And I, I think I, I don't, again, like this, what we've talked about this whole episode is that the show is just making interesting choices. Cause I think that that interpreter that they take out is a different interpreter than we saw in the first episode. And so presumably <laughs> he is taking out every single interpreter he hires Mm. to go between. And so I think, again, like that is a really interesting thing. He didn't just take out an an interpreter that he's been using for years, Mm. but he took out this interpreter that he hired for one hour or whatever, you know, one Sunday dinner. And so I don't know. I I think those things are also really interesting about Kingpin. And if yeah. if that had been teed up maybe a little bit differently, then that could have really helped us understand his paranoia and what motivates him and all the yada yada. Mm, I hadn't even thought about like yeah the 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 fact that to truly protect the the you know information not getting out or someone bribing the the interpreters or blackmailing them that he would have to take them out nearly after every conversation. I didn't even think about that aspect. That is fascinating. That would be really cool to right? and the show doesn't need to like fixate on it too much. Like for the people that follow that detail, great. For the people that don't, also fine. Like you you'll see his paranoia in, in other aspects, but like 
the smartness of those little details for us to pick up on and just like chew on and like find delight in, like that's what makes watching shows and movies so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good things are here. Mm-hmm. It's just weirdly structured. Yeah. All right. What Looking ahead, what do you want to see in the final episode? I've got one more left. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I'm just done. I want to see whatever fight is going to happen. I want to see Biscuits zooming in in his newly fixed car from the junkyard. Maybe with random junkyard guy also quoting from other Disney property. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I Chula is now sewing a whole uh, uniform mm-hmm. for for Maya. So that's that's cool gonna look great i'm sure but yeah i'm just i i kind of want to know what we're doing what have we been doing for five episodes and i hope that the fifth episode will give some sort of clarity about what this show is actually about Mm. yeah so we just would like more content that can tie this whole show together and that we can then do our little puzzling on (laughs) in our next episode um I would like to see some more grit I feel like I was promised grit yeah and yeah this show there are these very rare little like tiny scenes where like there's something that's a little bit more gory and a little bit more gritty but not as much as I feel like they've really played it up to be in the marketing and the, the discourse and and the kind of positioning of this show being like one of Marvel's grittiest pieces of content yet. Like this is pretty tame overall, even like outside of the like backdrop of it being like a Marvel piece of IP just in general. I think this is pretty tame. Yeah. And I, again, I think the way that they're doing grit is also kind of weird because you'll have like a pretty tame fight or something. And then all of a sudden you'll have this really, really like gory moment and this gory shot and then we just go back to like tameness so I think even the use of grit is is weird and comes at weird times and it's Mm. almost like for shock factor rather than like part of this really gritty show and this really gritty character it's just kind of like oh yeah we said that in the marketing so let's just throw some in right here it doesn't doesn't feel purposeful or meaningful. That's mm. uh, frustrating. So yeah, more grit would be great, but purposeful grit would yes. be nice. Yes. A slew of it. Yeah. No, you're right. It does seem to cut like kind of vastly between something that's a little bit more tame and then there's all of a sudden out of left field some really gory shot and you're like, oh, 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 I forgot the show was gritty. I'm reminded now. Thank you. <laughs> totally forgotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that this fourth episode did it a little bit better like when kingpin is beating the hell out of that ice cream guy like that was pretty good that was pretty gritty you know shooting the interpreter pretty gritty but that happens so quickly in the beginning of the show and then there's like no grit for the rest Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. i mean you do see a woman basically giving birth and that's that is harrowing and very gritty that is the most (laughs) gritty thing that we've seen yeah Uh, that's who the achievement and grit war should go to it's just like honestly maya's mother for giving birth in in literal woods yeah yeah honestly oh no sorry chula giving birth to Maya's mother she is that's impressive that's some gritty gritty Mm -hmm. stuff yeah like childbirth without epidural that is grit yeah (laughs) Yeah. Okay. More grit, better grit. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, this was our review and discussion of episode four. You can find it available on Hulu and Disney Plus. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of TV and Us. Our name sums it up. We're big fans of TV and the powerful ways we can connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. Everyone is welcome here, and we're so glad you spent time with us today as we continued our journey through Echo. 
You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a rating and review, letting us know your thoughts about Echo Episode 4. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at TBNSPod or email us at TBNSPod at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the finale of this show, Episode 5. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you next week.